0: so, you know, for, for our people, thinking about the trial and the difficulty that they're going through right now, we can either be so temporally focused, trying to get out of it, or trying to change it and manipulate it, rather than allowing it, allowing God to use it to draw our heart and our love toward Jesus we see Jesus on the other side. It It was the joy that was set before Jesus that allowed him to endure the difficulty of the cross. Welcome back to the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church in Westlake, Ohio, because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people and that is to no greater joy by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy, being a 24 7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. I am Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Across from me is Ryan Adkins, the associate pastor
1: here at Grace.
0: And once again, a huge thanks to Dan Kraniak, our tech guru, a member here at Grace, producer of this, and making us sound brilliant. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right. We're talking in this episode, episode 27. We're going to keep talking about spiritual growth, specifically spiritual growth spurts. Um, Previous episode, just a quick review. We just wanted to challenge our people to break their routines and step into some areas where they could, where we really could focus. Um, But I think a lot of those, the challenge there were positive experiences, Um, positive times of concentrated, observable growth, Um, these growth spurts. But growth spurts can happen in a different context, Mm -hmm. all right? And I want to talk about trials, difficulties, and fatherly discipline. So these contexts of these spiritual growth spurts times of concentrated, observable spiritual growth happening in trials, difficulties, and fatherly discipline. So let's just maybe take a second and contrast the what we're talking about this episode with what we talked about previous episodes. So how are these different, but how are they the same? How would you answer that?
1: I think the first thing that comes to mind, uh, different in that I think what we talked about in the last episode are more things that we would actively seek and pursue, whether it's a conference or um, silence and solitude, things that we would kind of challenge ourselves with. Whereas I think uh, this category, these trials, difficulties, discipline are kind of coming from outside of us not necessarily we would actively ask for Mm -hmm. or pursue or, um, yeah, seek after. Um, yet similar in that it's all still part of our sanctification process. Yep.
0: Yep. I, I agree with you. Contrasted with each other, the trials and the difficulties, fatherly discipline probably are not things that we look for. No. or look forward to or structure into our days or break our routines with. Um, they're difficult, you know, and we are probably difficulty averse people. We don't want them in our lives. So I think they're contrasted in that way. How, how would you say they're similar?
1: I think that, that they're both part of the process of our sanctification, yep, yep. Um, but also that it's it's still God's working in us. Yep. Through both those things we seek but also these things that we would try to avoid. Yep. He's still working. So
0: it's similar in the sense of what's being accomplished. Yes. So the trials and the difficulties are bringing about and working toward the same goal. You know, that Christ likeness, the putting mm-hmm. off, the putting on, the abiding, the fruitfulness, the um you know the practical righteousness, the spiritual growth that God is bringing about and completing, the trials, the difficulties, and the fatherly discipline, are heading in the same direction as these positive experiences mm-hmm. that we try to break our routines with. I would also suggest, unless you want, to, you have a comment on that? No, go ahead. So, I I see them similar in a in another way in that both involve sacrifice. Yeah. So the positive experiences and the ways that we break our routine in order to focus involves a sacrifice because, you know, maybe it's a, a sacrifice of time, of money, um, a vacation day or mm-hmm. it involves a sacrifice in order to try to bring that about trials and difficulties in fatherly discipline also involves a sacrifice. It involves probably a letting go of something mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm just going to leave it there because I have that a little further down as we talk about this. Um, So you were going to say something.
1: I was just thinking that often we look forward to, say we put a conference on the schedule. Hey, I'm going to this conference in September. We look forward to that experience. Yep. We We plan for it. We plan for it. It's on the calendar. These don't necessarily come up on the calendar, but they happen as we walk through our lives. But I think maybe for me, if there's one thing to glean from this whole conversation, it's just what you were saying a moment ago about it's still God working to bring this, like it's still pulling us in the same direction, directing us in the same direction, that uh, conformity to Christ-likeness. And so not seeing trials, difficulties, discipline as, God, why are you doing this to me? But understanding, God, I know why you're doing this to me. Mm -hmm. And that is Christ-likeness, that is... So that was what was going through my mind. I was like, man, like, I feel like we could just stop right there. Yep. But we can't. Let's keep going.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I I think along with what you're saying, I have written down here in my notes, we're going to look at two different passages specifically about trials and difficulties. Underlying both of these passages is a a value statement. So like, um, whenever we're, we're, you know, Everything is a value statement, but enduring and working through trials and difficulties, they really reveal what is valuable to us, mm-hmm. and seeing them and using them and enduring through them for God's purposes, like underlying all of that is a value. What is most important to us? And I think in, in one way, what we're challenging our people with is... That the trials and the difficulties, what is valuable to us in them, is not the temporary things in them, but the, it's it's what's at the end of them. Yes. All right. And so, so there there's a value statement to that. But so, what are these two passages? Um, the first one is First Peter chapter one, verses six through seven. So let's um, take a look at that. Why don't you read those for us? Sure. So
1: I'm reading from the CSB, um, starting in verse 6. Peter writes, You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ.
0: Tell you what, keep going. Read verses uh, 8 and 9.
1: Sure. uh, Continuing in verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls.
0: All right. So let's just kind of swim in what Peter's writing here. And simple question, why is God using trials and difficulties, or, or, or what is he using them toward?
1: Oh, okay, you're asking me? Sure, okay. yeah, 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 let's,
0: let's <laughs> kind of...
1: I think um, the, the piece that I kind of drew up was this testing in order to discern the nature of the character of our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, that the proven character of our faith may result then in praise, glory, honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ in verse uh, seven there. Um, that's really what I see. And then also the goal of our faith end of verse nine now is the salvation of our souls. Like just that it really does test and allow us to discern the nature of our faith.
0: I think it's an also important to note that Peter is writing, we rejoice so there's a level of joy and rejoicing for a little while. so these trials and difficulties, there's, there's a temporary perspective on them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If necessary, you've been grieved. So there is in these moments of trial and difficulty, there is a sense of rejoicing, but also grieving, mm-hmm. And so I like to describe grieving as expressing the expression of it shouldn't be this way. And so our difficulties and trials, we recognize them. Okay, it shouldn't be this way. Mm -hmm. And there's grief involved, but there's also joy involved. And the reason for the joy is what these trials, and he says... Various trials. So Peter doesn't have a specific trial or difficulty in mind. He's just like in any kind of form, in any kind of difficulty. um, There's a reason for grieving because it shouldn't be this way. But underwriting that is a reason for joy because of what these trials are accomplishing. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's the genuineness of your faith. You know, let's think about that idea of genuineness for a second. When you, when you think about something being genuine, what is it? How would you... Authentic. Authentic. It's real. Mm-hmm. Its quality has been proven. I mean, the last thing that we would want is a fake faith mm-hmm. because if it's not a, f- a real faith and if it's fake, I'm still dead in my sins. Yeah. And so these difficulties are, and I think even it's here that he talks about, he uses the illustration of gold, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the refining that brings out the true quality. Yes. And it's the difficulty that brings out the true quality of my faith, the genuineness of my faith, which results in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I love it. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Mm -hmm. And though you don't see him, you believe and you rejoice and at his return, you will receive the outcome of your faith—the salvation of your soul. So, like, like the path of proven authenticity of our faith is difficulty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I think that that is so opposite. Yes. Of our <laughs> yep. human bent. I mean. Whenever there is difficulty, what do we tend to do? Want to get out of it.
1: Yeah. Run from it.
0: And here Peter's like, no, stay in it. You know, I've written down, you know, when we think about trials and difficulty and testing, it's anything that causes me to want to get out of this situation either to get out or to change it mm-hmm. or anything that challenges what I believe to be true. Um, anything that causes me to want to kind of wiggle out from underneath. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything various varied um, that puts the the pressure on us. And we just say, I wish this would change and I want out of it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the moment we start to think like that, man, I wish this was different. That should be like the, the red flag, you know, the little flare up into the sky that is saying, hey, don't get out. Mm-hmm. God is using a trial and a difficulty to refine and to prove the genuineness of your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so contrary. Yes. Maybe to our, our natural bent.
1: And I think it connects well with, like, if you go back to the beginning of 1 Peter, who he's writing to. He's wrote, writing to believers, the chosen, living as exiles, dispersed among many regions. Yep. And so it's they're not... They're living this. We're thinking about it. They're living it. Yeah. Um, and so I think just keeping that context in mind as we think through that, uh, as you process through our comments,
0: um, is important. Yep. And so he's refining our faith. Now let's look at the James passage.
1: James chapter 1.
0: James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. These are probably a little more familiar to our people. Go ahead.
1: All right. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing.
0: What resonates here with you when you start thinking about these trials and difficulties? What makes this passage a significant
1: I think it's the end it's the the kind of the process testing you know trials testing endurance maturity completeness lacking nothing it's like just that kind of flow is Mm -hmm. what like i want to be mature and complete lacking nothing therefore now i can have a different perspective on my trials sure it's like he's bringing me to that he's
0: like don't miss the forest for the trees yes like you know you you're coming across the trees of trial and difficulty and again it's various kinds and and this is where why i said something about it's a value statement mm-hmm. because he's saying count it all joy yeah like write the equation in your heart and mind trial is a reason for joy yes well why in the world nowhere else in our world are we like Yay, this is hard. <laughs> but he's saying, write that equation in your mind. Hardness, trial, the testing is a reason for joy. And it's that equation because of what is happening. Yeah. Like you say, you know, it's that process, trial, testing, produces the perfect, complete, and there's lacking. Like That's the end goal of spiritual growth, mm-hmm. spiritual maturity. And it's spurts happen in hard times. Yep. Because it's in hard times where I am forced to trust.
1: Yeah. You got you can't lean on yourself anymore. You've got That's to lean right. on
0: God. It's difficulty and it's do I truly believe this? hmm And I what I like about what James is writing here is he's saying that this testing produces Steadfastness, mm-hmm. endurance, and steadfastness and endurance assumes something. It assumes that we're staying in. Mm-hmm. We're not escaping. we're not trying to get out from underneath. The classic illustration of that word steadfastness is a bridge. It's holding up underneath. It has its integrity and its strength, and it's staying up underneath and holding all those cars going past, yep. over it. And in all of that weight, the steadfastness is persevering. Mm-hmm. Like every time we go across a bridge, we need to be thinking about James 1, 1 Peter 1, because that bridge, whether it's on 480 or 90 or downtown or wherever we're going through out west to this Sandusky, we drive up to Michigan, we got that bridge over the river. You know, every time we go across those bridges, we need to be reminded, here's a bridge that is being steadfast. Mm-hmm. It's persevering. It's holding up underneath. And, and, I, and James always says, yeah, steadfastness is great, but what is the full effect that steadfastness produces? The perfection, the completeness, mm-hmm. the spiritual growth. And it is staying in, staying up under, persevering, and it is persevering. That has that, it produces something in mm-hmm. us. Sometimes we feel like, no, oh, if I can escape, if I could change the situation, that will produce something. And it's almost like God is saying, and James is writing I, I, underneath the inspiration of the Holy Spirit stay put. Yeah. It is staying in that strengthens your faith exercises your faith which has the product of spiritual growth mm-hmm. it brings about the end um perfect example of this would be who we got written down we're gonna talk about the saint uh joseph joseph <laughs> i mean what are some of the ways that off the top of our heads or right off the page of our notes ways that joseph's life was a trial
1: um, I think first and foremost, he was sold by his brothers. Yep, like that. That would
0: he was hated by his brothers. That'd
1: be a moment to say, "God, why are you doing this to me?" Yeah, despised. <laughs> you know, like, but yep. That, and he that's was rejected. The first one. Sold.
0: You think about it, okay. He was hated by his brothers, despised, <laughs> sold into, but he stayed with his dad. Right, he was thrown in that pit. He was sold into slavery. Did he not try to escape? <laughs> no. He stayed in Potiphar's house. Mm-hmm. What else? What uh, else the whole
1: Potiphar's wife situation.
0: Yep. The temptation. He was wrongly accused, framed.
1: And just suffered patiently.
0: And thrown into prison.
1: And, you know, just... And didn't, didn't wallow in his sorrows, but helps the cupbearer, the baker understand yep. and then once they forget about him he's forgotten <laughs> he still isn't doesn't hold the grudge
0: yep and i think moses even describes him as even after he dies he's forgotten mm-hmm. oh when pharaoh forgot joseph they turned the israelites into slaves mm-hmm. you talk about you know this up and down life <laughs> man i'm thrown into a pit i'm sold into slavery Oh, I've worked my way up to a place of authority in Potiphar's house, Then he gets framed for yeah. doing the right thing. Yep, he does what is right. He gets framed, lied about, thrown into prison. Down. Mm-hmm. Then in prison he's faithful. He stays, perseveres. God brings him up. But then he gets forgotten. Mm-hmm. Down. You know. Um, what? And so the classic in, in talking about Joseph is Genesis fifty. Mm-hmm. Verses fifteen to this fifteen to twenty-six. Turn our pages so that everybody can hear, right? That's right. Genesis fifty. Fifteen to twenty-six. And so I wanna oh. maybe just from these verses, what can we what can we glean? I like that word from Joseph and how he viewed the trials and the difficulties. 15 to 26. You want to go ahead and read those again? Yeah, sure. Be our reader for the episode.
1: Sure thing. All right. Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph. Please forgive your brother's transgression and their sin the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. His brothers also came to him, bowed down before him, and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph and his father, sorry, Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived 110 years. He saw Ephraim's sons to the third generation. The sons of Manasseh's son, Machir, were recognized by Joseph. Joseph said to his brothers, "'I am about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid "'and bring you up from this land to the land he swore to give "'to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.'" So Joseph made the sons of Israel take an oath. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones up from here. Joseph died at the age of 110. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt.
0: First thing that jumped out at me as you're reading this, his brothers came, fell down before him and said, behold, we're your slaves. Yeah. And if you were Joseph, like, what, was the, what would be the first thing you think of? My dream. Oh, the dream yeah. years before. And he's like, yeah, you guys remember <laughs> the the stars that fell and bowed down? You remember those, uh, I think it was, corn. you know, the stars that time you fell guys down really and you angry. guys hated me. And you threw me in the pit and sold me into slavery. In fact, you were going to kill me. <laughs> well, like, well,
3: well. Well. Who was
0: Here right? Here we are. But what is, but like that would be the moment when Joseph would be like, all right, tables have turned. I was right, yeah I'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna I'm gonna play with this for a little bit, but he doesn't, right. And where was you think about the the lifetime of trial and difficulty that Joseph stayed put, where God had him, endured and persevered? It was all of that steadfastness mm-hmm. that brought him. To the place of maturity at this moment. Yeah. Like, part of me want, and this is my own pastoral speculation, that Genesis 50, these verses would not have been the case back in their homeland when Joseph was 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old. We see a Christ like, mature, joseph because those trials produced the completeness the perfection the spiritual growth yeah all right and 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 what do we see what have those trials produced in joseph where is his focus what do you see here
1: he's focused on god that's right like first and foremost even just that what you were just saying about his, his brother's bowing down don't be you know he responds don't be afraid am i in the place of god am i in the place of god and I, I, I'm a powerful man in this context, but I'm not in the place of God.
0: Yep. Yeah, he has authority. He has everything that... He has the authority to do to them as he wishes. Yeah. But I like that he's his focus is on God. And I... I th- was it the James or the first Peter that talked about Jesus? We don't see him, but we love him.
1: It's the first Peter.
0: And it's almost as if Peter is saying... In your trial and difficulty, where is your focus? Yep. And it's almost as if Joseph is saying, thank you Mm -hmm. for the trial and difficulty, because it is through your trial and difficulty that I have come to love Yahweh, Mm -hmm. and I'm not in his place. Yep. And... When we, as believers, in our difficulty and trial, rightfully grieving, but counting them a joy, because it is in those trials and difficulties that I will come to love and treasure Jesus so I can forgive you. I'm not in the place of God. And And so, you know, for for our people, thinking about the trial and the difficulty that they're going through right now, we can either be so temporally focused and trying to get out of it or trying to change it or manipulate it rather than allowing it, allowing God to use it to draw our heart and our love toward Jesus Mm -hmm. for we see Jesus on the other side of it. It was, it was the joy that was set before Jesus that allowed him to endure the difficulty of the cross because he saw the restored fellowship with the father and the Holy spirit on the other side. Mm -hmm. And he could then forgive those that were doing these things. He could endure it and in a way say, If my path to restoration and the fullness of the joy within the fellowship of the father and the spirit, if, if this is the course that brings me there, I welcome the course. And I think that like that attitude, that mindset of focusing on God, Mm -hmm. focusing on Jesus Christ, if this is the road that I need to walk, that will bring me to a greater and deeper love for Jesus Christ. I welcome this course.
1: Yeah. I was even thinking, as you're talking about what's, what's Joseph thinking in that moment, oh, back to this dream. And how many times do we we in our own lives see, I think this is what God has for me, and then we pursue it in our own timing. And like, I just wondered, did Joseph have this moment of like, whoa, I've seen this before, mm-hmm. not how I thought it would look. Yep. Or the process to get to that point, not how I thought this would play out. Yet we're still in that moment. it's still you know God's brought him to that moment, and just like the idea that Joseph really trusted in God's timing, yeah. you know his his plan not Joseph's plan, yeah. God's plan, not Joseph's yeah. plan because like, who
0: knows as a young boy, Joseph is like, I'm going to be this great person, my whole family's going to be down bound down to me right. and now that he's in the so moment is this next week, yeah. like, is that
1: going to happen next week or next month? Yep. maybe next year, little
0: like, does he you know it's going to be ninety years later probably yeah. And now he can look at that, and it's his endurance that has given him a spiritual maturity to be able to look at this and be like, <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. Now I know why all of that trial and difficulty to put me in this position, not to bring justice on my brothers, but what does he say? God has meant it's a good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Yeah. Not just his family, but the whole the nation of Egypt. Yeah. He's like... Now I see God's plan. Yeah.
1: It's but a whole But that lot was bigger. at the end of it. It was at <laughs> the
0: end of the road. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it's a whole lot bigger. And, it, and his plan is oftentimes his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So it's God's plan, not his. And I also like how he is focused on a future, mm-hmm. in God's future, because he's like all of these promises that God has made, he's going to bring about. Yeah. And all of those promises happen in the promised land, not in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so this focus on who God is, on God himself, on God's plan, but also this future that God has for his people. And he's like, our future as a people are not is not here in Egypt. And so the promises that he made to our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, are going to be fulfilled back in Canaan in the promised land, so I am making you commit <laughs> to take my bones there when we go. Don't leave me here. Don't leave me here because this is not where Take me home. the promise is. <laughs> and so there's a focus on the, on the future that God has, the plan that God has, the person of God above and beyond himself or the immediate people in his life and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great example. And I think tremendous parallels to probably the trials and the difficulties that um our own people and our uh today currently are going through and and I think that's why we need to see the trials and difficulties as these moments of being a growth spurt because they really focus on making us making putting the the rubber to the the road so to say of our faith and, mm-hmm. and joseph is forced to do that now let's transition a little bit hebrews chapter 12 we have trials and difficulties <clears throat> that god is using to produce steadfastness a genuineness of our faith to bring about our spiritual growth uh, we see that going on in joseph's life parallels with our lives but there's another dynamic probably that like trials and difficulties we don't like we're like oh let me get out of this What's also this fatherly discipline? All right. And we're looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 11, that really kind of probably that one passage that talks about God's discipline. So if you want to go ahead and read those again. Yep. I got it.
1: All right. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, so that you won't grow weary and give up. In struggling against sin, you have not. not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly, or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline, God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of Spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. (laughs) Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it.
0: All right. I just want to draw out one thing before we start talking about discipline in general. I think draw that, away that last phrase. This discipline seems painful, so that's a trial, it's difficulty. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That fruit of righteousness. All right. I was. You know, we're talking about righteousness in Romans. Now that we're getting into chapter, end of chapter three and chapter four. Like, righteousness is the currency of eternity.
2: Hmm.
0: Like, if you don't have righteousness and if you aren't righteous, you're not going to spend eternity with with Christ, uh, eternity with Christ. And Hmm. so it is this fatherly discipline that yields the fruit of righteousness. All right? And so um, so anyway, let's kind of talk about this a little bit. Like, just in general, what is discipline? Um, And then what is discipline... Not, how would you, how would you explain this?
1: Uh, So, discipline is correcting. Mm -hmm. Um, Its aim (laughs) is to the way my mind thought it was like course correct, and so you're starting to get off course, and discipline is bumping you back onto the proper trajectory. Um, It's done. You know, it is for the benefit of the offender, not the offended. Um, So it's not punishment. It's, it's a, there's a different aspect to it from punishment. Um, and it's forward looking. And so not looking at and making kind of payment or punishment for past offenses, but really trying to, again, course correct and guide us not to make the same mistakes again.
0: Yep. Yeah, I like that. I, I really like the, I don't know if you said it this way, but this idea of lovingly loving restraint, mm-hmm. it's like, a loving yell, stop,
1: you right, know? Right,
0: Um, The correcting, I like the idea of it being forward-looking. Um, what is discipline not?
1: So the, the one thing I, it's not condemning. Just thinking back to the Romans 8, you know, verse 1, which we talked about last episode, like it's not condemning. Yep. It convicts us, yep. it changes our course, but yep. it doesn't condemn us.
0: Yeah, and a parallel, we think, with maybe just our role as parents. So we we discipline our children. And so we, we look to our Heavenly Father as the example where there is this loving restraint, this loving correcting course, this forward-looking, it's not this condemning. And so as parents, our discipline is not related to you're not my kid anymore, you know? No, it's because you are my child, I love you, I'm going to restrain you, correct you, change course, and it has an eye toward the future and their good. Um, The kind of discipline, but often, maybe not often, I think we do as parents find ourselves disciplining out of our own selfishness, all right? And so I guess in a way... God disciplines us for his glory, but his glory is our good. And so it breaks down, but we're sinful finite people. And it can happen that we discipline our children for my good as the parent. Yeah. So, you know, it you know, I'm going to discipline my child because it makes me look like a good parent. Or I'm going to discipline my child because I'm annoyed. Yeah. And my plans aren't getting accomplished. You know, all of those, yeah. that is wrong discipline. It's selfish, it's prideful. The discipline that we're seeing here from our Heavenly Father is a loving restraint and correction that I think is is, is really tied to it has it has an identity purpose. In other words to say like this is not you so god disciplines as a father his children in a way that says like you're not living out your real identity your true identity as as my child like you keep you're living right now as a child of the enemy stop I'm gonna restrain like this is not you and i think also his discipline has this loving purpose that says, this is not good for you. Like this is not for your benefit, for your good, Romans Mm eight, you know? And so, because a lot of times, what does, what does sin seem to us? It seems like this is really good. Mm -hmm. And he says, stop, it's not good for you. And so his discipline, it, there's an identity purpose to it, an identity role that says, "Listen, that you're not staying in step with who you are as a child of God." As and this goes back to how we would describe progressive sanctification. You know, you've mm-hmm. been redeemed. You have positional righteousness in Jesus. You've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, my son. Like these things are real; they've happened. I'm restraining you and disciplining you because. You're not living out your true identity, the right identity, and you're going in a direction that seems good to you, but it's really in the end for your bad, mm-hmm. which is the definition of sin. Yep. Right? It Absolutely. seems good. It seems good in the moment, but in the end, it kills and destroys, and yep. he wants to restrain. Um, and so let so me question another one here is, all right, well, what does this look like? What does God's discipline look like in our life? How'd you wrestle with that? How'd you? So I think this is kind of hard.
1: That that was the hardest of the questions that were in the outline to work through today. That was the hardest one, and so I actually went to Paul, and the idea, like Second Corinthians eleven, where he's kind of contending and says, like, "Are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm I'm a better one with far more labors, more imprisonments, far." worst beatings, many times I was near death, five times I received the 40 lashes minus one, three times I was beaten with rods, one time stone, three times shipwrecked, a night and a day spent in the open sea, a whole list of dangers were experienced that he gives in like verses 26, 27 there. Difficulties and trials. And just hardship and difficulties (laughs) in his life. And he's seeing that as the work of God in his life, not these are all just things I had with no purpose. Mm -hmm. And so like that was kind of where my mind went was like that list that Paul runs through at the end of that letter um, just to summarize just hardship and
0: difficulties. How about for you? So I want to run with that for a second. Go for it. So for John Doe, who's listening that goes as a member at Grace Baptist Church is every difficulty and every trial discipline is every trial and difficulty discipline.
1: Not necessarily.
0: How, so how can we tell the difference?
1: I don't know. How can we tell the difference? <laughs> how can we tell the difference?
0: I, I think, Yeah, okay, this is like, I was,
1: I'm, I don't have my mind wrapped around this. Fully, yep. So
0: I, I think I don't want our listeners and I don't want our people to walk away with the equation. Okay. This is really difficult. This is a trial. So therefore God is disciplining me. Right. Um, like I don't know that we can always make that equation. I think we always need to be evaluating the qua- the. All right, and I I think in essence we will end up doing that because in the trial and difficulty we need to be asking ourselves you know okay what is God trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. All right, um, I he he will use trial and difficulty, and I guess a, a little thirty thousand foot answer that I've written down here is God will discipline and he disciplines when there are, or he will discipline us by threatening inordinate loves. So when the, the loves in my life are out of order or inappropriate, he will threaten that love. Sometimes he'll take it away, or he will make it difficult. And so how do I know that God is disciplining me? Well, I think we can ask ourselves the question, am I loving something or someone more than him? Because in that moment, he will threaten an out-of-order love and make that love difficult. So if, I guess we could call those idols. An idol Mm -hmm. is a out of order, an inordinate love, where we are longing and wanting from someone or something, what I can only find in God. And he will discipline by making maybe that relationship or making that context difficult to draw us away and toward himself. Um, Like we do that with our dogs, you know, where we have a new puppy and we're trying to train him to walk with us. But right now he's just completely distracted on a walk (laughs) where he's, trying to grab onto the leash itself or there's a stick and there's a leaf or there's my leg and he's just going every direction and the discipline says, no, it's that tug back into the right direction in the order. All right. And I think, and and this happens in so many varied ways where our focus gets out of order and the discipline will take that away or threaten that or show it to be inadequate and so in order to to draw us back to what is right and true so so how does god discipline that's not so much a specific you know he's going to he's going to physically spank us he's going to slap yeah. our hand he's going to put us in time out i think <laughs> you know he may not operate that way but what he does do is he threatens the inordinate love and that causes or that requires then some introspection on Mm -hmm. us and so or by us and so let's finish with all right what might be some questions to ask ourselves that maybe can help us see the difference between this is just a trial of difficulty and this is god's discipline um but what might be some questions that we need to be asking ourselves in trials, difficulties, and discipline.
1: So just kind of looking at our list that we've, yeah. What is God teaching me? Like what, what is, you know, thinking back to Joseph in that whole process of all that, he never lost his focus on God and all right. What was God teaching him in that time? Mm -hmm. So, all right, this difficulty, this trial—what is God teaching me?
0: Yep. I and then I didn't have this written down, but just what we were just talking about: am I am I loving someone or something more than God? Mm-hmm. Am I wanting from something or someone or some context what only God can give me? Mm-hmm. I think we need to be asking ourselves that question. I think another question is: how can I glorify God in this? You know, and and, and I guess assumed in that is. I'm staying put. <laughs> so in my staying, you know, how can I glorify God in this difficult context? Mm-hmm. Um, what else?
1: Um, kind of thinking through scripture and, and just uh, what promises that God has provided mm-hmm. through his word, what, what apply to the situation, what applied to the trial, the difficulty uh, or the discipline yep. and just using scripture as the filter by which to think through what's happening.
0: Yeah. And you think about Joseph. Yep. He had a promise in mind there at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. What are the promises that apply to this? What scriptures apply to this? Another question is, are there any gospel moments in this difficulty? I think a part of that is now I'm starting to think about my situations through God's plan, through his purposes, his purposes and core to what he's doing in the world today is he's using the church to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think that question, this question of, all right, are there any gospel opportunities in this difficulty? Um, is there a person that I need to be sharing the gospel with? Um, what else?
1: Well, I think just to kind of run with that just for a second is thinking through the different ways that God has— interacted and really brought us to salvation, those trials, those difficulties that lead to that, I think also become part of your testimony and, and just something worth sharing with others. And even after you've come to salvation, trials, difficulties, how you've experienced this discipline, those, 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 that testimony provides opportunities where you might be able to connect to someone on a deeper level than just face to face, like really understand. No, I can, I don't just have to empathize with you. I can sympathize because here's my story. Yep. And so like, you never know how these, like your experience, you're in the midst of this trial. You never know how God might use it Mm -hmm. to bring somebody else to faith or to use you as that witness for him in another context
0: years later. Yep. Um, Yeah. I mean, we've done that with Joseph. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yep.
1: Absolutely. Um, All right, another question, kind of thinking, all right, big picture of the Bible, how does whatever it is that I'm experiencing fit within God's big picture? That course of redemption and reconciliation and kind of his glory Mm -hmm. uh, above all, how does what I'm experiencing now fit within
0: that? Yeah, it's really just kind of, okay, what's the forest here that I'm in? Yep. You know, this large big picture of what God is doing how is my life fitting into that and um yeah what so what is god doing in my life and i and i think a good question also to tag along to these is have i gone to god with my difficulties mm-hmm. am i directing my heart toward jesus what peter was saying like we don't see him but we love him and so how am i I think so a lot of times in our difficulties and trials we drift away. Mhm. We walk away rather than stepping toward him and um so so how am I going toward God and toward Jesus Christ in my difficulty? Any other questions that you got?
1: That nope, that kind of
0: All right. Wraps up I think there's thing. a lot to uh a lot to wrestle with, a lot to noodle yeah. on, and uh, that's probably enough for this. Yeah. But, if I can uh, make
1: one suggestion, because yeah. if you're struggling with this, there's a hymn, How Firm a Foundation, mm. and it's written in the context of suffering. And so I would encourage you, listen to that hymn, look it up, read through the lyrics. But just as we were talking earlier, verse four was what came to mind. It says, when through fiery trials, your pathway shall lie. My grace, all sufficient, shall be your supply. Mm. The flame shall not hurt you. I only design your dross to consume and your gold to refine. Amen. And so, in this in this hymn, the first verse is a foundational verse, but then the other verses, it's God speaking. The hymn the hymnist is writing as God, as though God is speaking. And so, just I don't know. It's it's just something that I've been working through recently, and um, it's been really profitable just to kind of spend time in this old poetry
0: really and, and so, we haven't really what what songs what hymns speak can i gravitate toward and reach out to yeah. what scripture do i need to memorize oh, so. yeah all right that's enough for now yes that was very good god bless we'll talk at you next episode